0: Mark chapter 14, and we're going to be reading uh, verses 26 through to 42. I have entitled this sermon, Important Failures. Because once again, we see here Mark recording for us opportunities that Jesus is offering to His disciples to be used by God in powerful ways. We've seen that a number of points throughout this uh, whole account that Mark has laid out for us, Uh, how the disciples are given these chances to, uh, to see the power of God being worked through them in the lives of others, in their own lives, in in situations and circumstances that surround them. And how consistently they blow it. And as I've been looking at this particular passage, which uh, is a, a, a continuation on of the, the night of Jesus' arrest, and, and it's, it's not unfamiliar information that we're going to be looking at here. But as I've been looking at this, I really think that Jesus... You've got to be careful how I say this. Um, He is, let's say at the very least, using these failures, giving the, the disciples an opportunity to fail to prepare them for what's to come to prepare them to be the apostles who will carry the message of the gospel into the entire world establishing the church through generations that come all the way to us i don't know if you've seen that in your life that 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 often it is those lessons that we learn from our failures that have some of the biggest impacts on us going forward. Because we can't ever be used by God unless we come to that place where we are fully dependent on Him. And it's so often in my failures that I realize I need to be listening, to be following, depending on the power of God in my life. Let's read the passage. Mark 14, we're going to start reading here at verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to Him, Even though all these ones would fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny Me three times. But He said emphatically, if I must die with you, I would never deny you. And and they all said the same. So then they went on to the place called Gethsemane. And He said to His disciples, sit here while I pray. And He took with Him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. He said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here. Watch. So going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is is weak and again he went away and prayed saying the same words and again he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to answer him and then he came a third time and said to them are you still sleeping taking your rest it is enough the hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Lord, help us to hear your message, what you have for us here this morning. Thank you for the witnesses, the testimony, the examples of your apostles that help us learn from their failures. And that through their weaknesses, through their frailties, Your power has been made manifest. So that even to this day, we see the gospel being proclaimed throughout the world to every tribe and every tongue. It could only be because of You, God. We give you praise and honor here this morning. Amen. Jesus knows their weaknesses. He's not surprised by the fact of their failures. Sometimes I almost wonder why why even say anything because you know they're just going to mess up anyway. Why, why put them through that process of, of, of being instructed, of, of being made aware of what is to come, only to see them fall on their face? It almost seems like rubbing salt into the wounds. You know they're going to mess up. Why warn them beforehand so their mess up looks all that much worse because they've been warned about it? Again, I think I I have to believe that there's a purpose in all of this. That Jesus is using this in their lives to be able to bring them to a place where they are better prepared, where they recognize their own frailty, where they realize that they can't do it on their own. Their, Their statements, their bluster to say, even if everybody else will fall away, I will never deny you. Even if I have to die, I will stand with you. To realize all of that bluster, all of that courage gets them nowhere. Will ultimately fail them. And they need to be broken so that they can then come to God and say, Lord, I need your help. The word that that Jesus used here, all of you will fall away. The Greek word is skandalotedsathai. We've heard that word before, right? That word has come up a number of times through Mark's Gospel. First time we saw it was in the parable of the soils. When the seed fell on the rocky ground. And it quickly took root and grew up. But then, Jesus says, the trials and the persecutions of life came and and, and dried them out. And they were scandalized. They fell away. They withered up because they had no root. When Jesus was in His hometown... And the people were listening to the things that he was saying and they said, who is this? Isn't this the carpenter? The carpenter's son? Don't we have his brothers and his mother and his sisters around us? And they were scandalized. They took offense at him. We saw it again when Jesus was warning that if your hand or your eye or your foot causes you to sin, scandalicize you to cut it off. So when Jesus is saying to his disciples, all of you will fall away, it's it's not just a a momentary lapse, it it is a loss of Faith. it is a, 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 a falling into sin it is succumbing to the temptation that is there and losing heart this is, uh, this is a big deal Jesus is calling to and he is warning them giving them a chance to be prepared to stand firm He quotes from scripture. Uh, it's the, the passage that he's quoting from where he says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That comes from Zechariah 13. Maybe just keep your finger and mark, but let's turn over to Zechariah's second, second last book of your Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 13. This is an an eschatological prophecy that that is a description of the revival of Israel. It's coming right at the end of Zechariah's book here. In chapter 12, uh, we, we read here about the day when Yahweh will defend Judah against all the nations that come at her. In verse 10 of chapter 12, he says, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him who they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps. Over a firstborn, you you catch the significance of this referral of Jesus that when the nation of of Israel looks on the one that they have pierced, how can you not make that connection that this is talking about Jesus? That they will be sorrowful, that they will repent, and they will mourn for Him bitterly as one mourns for firstborn, goes on to say that 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 morning will begin with the house of David, which uh, is the line of kings, and, and specifically identifies Nathan, who is at that time of Zechariah is is the the line of David that is the royalty, the ruling uh, family at this point, and so he's identifying that it starts this morning will start with with the the leadership, the, the civil leadership of the nation of, of Israel, that they will repent and they will mourn and they will um, see the one that they have pierced and will mourn for him. Then it goes on to say that it will uh, move through the families of Levi to the clan of the Shimeites, which at that time, again, they were the ones who were in the leadership of the temple. Uh, they were the, the, the chief priests that were involved in the temple. And the mourning will then continue through the clans of and families of Levi, the, the leadership of the temple. So we have both the leadership of the civil, uh, civil society. We also have the leadership of the religious that are mourning for what they have done to the one that they have pierced. And they are being made new. And then chapter 13 Begins and talks about how there will be a a refining, a a making things new. It says, on that day, verse 1, On that day there shall be a fountain opened up for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from their sin and uncleanness. And on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land so that they shall be remembered no more and also i will remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanness and if anyone again prophesies his father and mother who bore him will say to him you shall not live for you speak lies in the name of yahweh and his father and mother who bore him shall pierce him through when he prophesies on that day, every prophet will be ashamed of his vision, and, he, and when he prophesies, he will not be put on. He will not put on a hairy cloak in order to deceive, but he will say, "I am no prophet. I am a worker of the soil. For the man sold me in my youth." Uh, speaking about, you know, this is a time when there are all of these false prophets who are giving false information to the nation and telling them that, 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 they're, that they don't have to worry that God is going to take care of them, even though the true prophets of God like Isaiah and those, those others who are br- proclaiming that, that if we don't repent, God is going to take us off of the land just as He had promised He would. And there is a renewal that it's going to happen. And all of those lying mouths will be closed. And there will be a national repentance, a cleansing that will go on throughout the whole nation of Israel. And then we come to verse 7. Awake, O sword, against My shepherd. You notice the quotes there. This is... The, the Lord, this is Yahweh speaking. Awake, O sword, against My shepherd, against the man who stands next to Me, declares Yahweh, Sabbathoth, Yahweh, the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And I will turn My hand against the little ones. And the whole world declares Yahweh, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish, and one-third shall be left alive. So I will put this one-third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. And they will call on My name and I will answer them. I will say, they are My people they will say Yahweh is our God this is a glorious marvelous prophecy of of the hope the fulfillment of of God's salvation and redemption for all of Israel it, it, it speaks of the the cleansing the purification that will happen at that last day This is the quote. This is the prophecy that Jesus is referring to here in Mark chapter 14 when he says, "I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered." It is that very same understanding of of how how God is at work in in breaking down the, His chosen people to bring them to the end of themselves where they then come to repentance and, and, and He refines and cleanses them in those last days. Uh, Zechariah is clearly a prophecy that is speaking about Jesus. Um, but Jesus is using this to continue His understanding and help his His disciples understand that just as that refining that hope that is coming for Israel, that they too are going to be sifted, that they are going to be purified. That through this crucible of persecution and trial, this failure that they are about to experience, that God is going to create something beautiful. Just, just like in Zechariah's prophecy, how, how it is that through that, from, from the scattering of the sheep, that there comes this refining where God then purifies them and that one-third that remains uh, uh, declare to the whole world, Yahweh is our God. So too, Jesus has hope here for the disciples that He says when He quotes this passage, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. He goes on in verse 28, But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. It will be in that place in Galilee where there will be that refining that will happen in the disciples' life. That even though that this failure, this scandal-exify is going to happen in their lives and they will be scattered, there is hope. There is promise of renewal that Jesus has not given up on them. He knows that they're going to fail. He knows that they're going to mess up. Still, he says, but there will come a refining, a purification. This is just a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's, it's useful to, to recognize. Um, here in, in Jesus' quotation of this, he says, I... Will strike the shepherd. Quoting the words of Yahweh. Jesus recognized that the suffering that he was about to endure was at very least through the permissive will of God his Father. If not even the actual work, the hand of God coming against him to accomplish. His plan of salvation for all of humanity. It's it's the same thing that we see in Zechariah 13 where he says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me. This is the Lord of hosts that is speaking. God's hand is coming against His shepherd, His Messiah. just because we go through difficult times, just because we go through tribulations and testings, doesn't mean that God's abandoned us. <laughs> More often, God's purposes are accomplished through those difficulties. and We see His redemption being brought into the world through... Suffering. And then Peter boldly proclaims his loyalty unto death. I can relate to that. (laughs) It's easy to make those kinds of statements in the safety of 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 a familiar garden in a place of, of peace and tranquility when when i'm challenged in some way when when my uh, when my resolve is is uh, put up to question it's easy for me to say oh no <laughs> i can't handle it how quickly when we depend on our own bluster, our own courage, how quickly we fall. And Jesus points that out to him of his soon denial. And once again, Peter and all the disciples rebuff Jesus and express their commitment to stand with him no matter what. And so they they move from the garden down to the foot of the Mount of Olives, into the Garden of Gethsemane. And here, once again, Jesus invites His disciples into ministry. They could see He was ripped up. He was broken, that He was weighed down. And He invites them to to watch with Him to stand with Him in this suffering. That, that they can, can join in the work of the heavenlies by supporting their Messiah, their King, as He prepares for this terrible ordeal that's about to happen to Him. And they fail. and They fall asleep. Three times they're given opportunity. Three times they are warned and and, and, and encouraged to, to watch and pray. Peter gets some very specific instructions there in verse 37. Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. You've just made this huge statement that nobody will be able to stand but you. That nothing is going to come in your way. Watch and pray or you are going to scandalize, You are going to fall away. And he continues to trust in his own strength. And his own bluster. And he fails terribly. Again, this isn't an aside. This is a huge statement, but it's it's a little bit off of, of what I'm pulling out here, but, but we can't just skip by Jesus' prayer. And I guess in some ways it is It's not off topic because Jesus is a perfect model for us. Jesus, keep in mind who this is. The One who created the universe. The Almighty God who sustains all that is. Recognized his own weaknesses. Recognized the frailty of his human nature. And freely admitted that if there is any way that you can take this cup from me, but not what I will, but what you will. See, that's the example that that Peter needed to hear, that that the rest of the disciples needed to see, needed to take note of and follow after. doesn't matter what visions of grandeur they might be able to, to, to come up with, conjure up in their own minds, they were weak. And their only hope was to rely on the strength and the power of God to carry them through. That's why Jesus' instructions were, watch and pray. Earlier on in the evening, Jesus told the disciples, watch and pray. That's the instructions for us today. There is nothing wrong with being honest with God. Honest about your weaknesses. Honest about your frailties. Honest about your fears, about your doubts. The Almighty Creator of the universe was free to express His fear, trepidation, His desire not to have to go through The suffering, both the physical suffering, but far greater, the suffering of carrying all of our sin on Himself. The shame, the guilt, all those things that you feel weighing you down, multiplied by the number of all of humanity, weighing Him down, separating Him from the Father. He expressed his fear, his concern, but in that also affirmed not my will, but yours. And that's where we need to get to. It is, it is right and it is good to express our concern about what the future is holding for us, about the the troubles that we're going to face, the uh, the the experiences, the ways that we are going to be challenged, the ways that we are going to be tested. The heartache that comes through uh, relationships with those who refuse to acknowledge Christ. The, uh, the, the weight of our own failures and our own frailties. It is, it is right and good for us to be honest with God about that but then like Jesus to come to that place but lord i trust in your will and i know that you have what's best in store for me and so i trust myself into your hands I depend on you watch and pray jesus said it so clearly the flesh is weak. And when we depend on our flesh, we will fall. And so our hope is by depending on the Spirit of God, following Him in our lives. Why were these failures so important? Because the disciples needed to come to that place where they were no longer depending on their own strength. No longer depending on their own resolve, their own courage. They needed to come to that place where they recognized, if I do this on my own, it is doomed to fail. My only hope By watching and praying, depending on the Spirit's strength in my life and following where He leads me in order to accomplish the task that He has set before me. It could be argued that what faces us is nowhere near the weight and pressure of what the disciples were facing. but we are just as in need of God's power in our lives as they were then. If you are feeling that you can go through life, you got things handled. You'll be able to respond to whatever challenges come at you. You will fall on your face. It is guaranteed. You and I both need to watch and pray to depend on the Spirit to give us the power to accomplish the tasks that are before us. In this week, there are opportunities that that God is going to give you to walk in His power, to be... uh, a conduit of His miraculous work and transformation in this world. There is somebody this week whose eternal destiny will be impacted by your words, by your actions this week. Not to say your own eternal destiny is on the line this week. You need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's join together. Let's support one another. Let's encourage one another in this. Even as you are uh, fellowshipping after the service here, let me encourage you to share with one another what are some of the struggles that are facing you in this coming week that you know the challenges that you know are ahead of you. What are some of the things that you have found, the the failures that you have walked through that you need to deal with from this past week? Let's pray for one another. Let's stand with one another. Just as Jesus invited His disciples to, to watch and pray with Him, would you invite others of your brothers and sisters that are here today to watch and pray with you? So that when we gather together next Sunday, We'll be able to glory in the power of God, of what he has accomplished in our lives and through us this week. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the failures of the disciples. I thank you that they weren't consumed by those failures but that you rescued them, that you strengthened them, and you empowered them and mobilized them so that we stand here today because of your faithfulness in their lives. Lord, I thank you that just as you were faithful in their lives, so you are faithful in ours today. Help us to learn from these failures of the disciples so that we will watch and pray. We will listen for your Spirit's leading. We will depend on your Spirit's power so that in everything that we do, everything that we say, your will is done. that this is a prayer that we can know you will answer. And you will be faithful to complete it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let me close our service with this doxology from Romans chapter 16. Listen closely. Now to Him who is able to strengthen you according to my Gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now has been disclosed disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Walk in the hope and the knowledge of His power in your life this week. Thank you so much for being here. We welcome you to stick around. There's coffee. And let me do encourage you. Invite one another. You cannot stand on your own. You need your brothers and sisters around you. So depend on that. Allow the Holy Spirit to make those connections even here this morning. God bless you. Have a good week.